and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Zoolander 2, directed by Ben Stiller and released in 2016. It actually says on the poster Zoolander number 2, but it's not like that in IMDb, so I don't know which one it is. Zoolander number 2 would be easier to say than Zoolander 2. The plot of Zoolander 2 goes something like this. Derek and Hansel are lured back into the modelling business by an eccentric Italian designer. Um, yeah, uh, so we watched Zoolander 2 when, and it's two days later and I pretty much forgot about it. Um, yeah, likewise. And I, I came home and immediately watched Zoolander on uh, Netflix because I'd forgotten about it. And well, not forgotten, but, you know, I wanted to go back to the original mm. just to kind of calibrate my brain after watching the second one. Yeah, um, I am having trouble remembering it, although... It's it's not doesn't hold up favorably, I think. No, it doesn't. It, it, on its against oh, its mean, fifteen years ago, yeah. um, original. I thought you meant the original. For a no, no, I was no, like, no, no. You mean the, the original, original didn't hold up. Original the original is, is fine. Um, See, I think the original is is one of those movies. I think it's fantastic. I think it's like really, really funny um, kind of sketch comedy thing. You know, like it's just a kind of long uh, bit with this one character in it, mm. but it has some really funny jokes that like always crack me up. Like the, I can't turn left thing and stuff like that. And it hits this kind of level of absurdist humor that works really well for me. Mm. And um, um, you and I have talked often as well about how it's such a cult, became such a cultural touchstone mm. for people of our age. So it came out in 2001 and I was doing a bit of reading the other night and it, it came out two weeks after 9-11 and it did almost no business at the box office because of that. And, um, cause I don't remember seeing it at the movies either. It actually basically got a, its whole life on like DVD or home video. Okay. And I didn't know that. Yeah. Which I didn't realize either, even though, you know, it came out, you know, when I was an adult, but I just sort of didn't think of that. Um, I was in high school. Mm, but it's so, like the, like lines from it are just, have become so iconic that you hear them all the time. In fact, I coughed at work the other day uh, and I said, I think I'm developing, <laughs> I think the, I'm black developing the black lung. And, and like, but not just that. Yeah, I can't turn left. Blue steel is ubiquitous and everywhere. Mm. Like, Which is funny because it's not the look that he does at the end of the movie and yet everybody knows blue steel. And no, not Magnum. Which is funny. Yeah. And it's also kind of, blue steel is kind of, almost the duck face that people do in selfies, which and selfie culture has become a whole thing since that last movie came I out. I think there's other stuff. things as well that, that, yeah, the cultural touchstone thing, I think Zoolander was much more in touch with the culture of the time that it came out mm-hmm. than Zoolander 2 is. And I think that's one of the major failings of Zoolander 2. That hipster character is not a hipster and they don't seem to know what hipsters are. Well, I think it, uh, that's this was one of the things I was worried about going into watching this because we'd seen the trailer and there's a bit with... Um, Benedict Cumberbatch's character who's a gender fluid model called All and in the trailer it just looks a little transphobic and my biggest fear was that this was a movie that was making 2001 jokes in 2016 and it just was not going to hit the mark and I think that's probably the, the issue I don't it's even know if it's making 2001 jokes it's, it's maybe just making like, jokes no but it no it's more like it I, I just think they don't they don't actually get youth culture and they're trying mm. to it, it well, seems more like old men doing dad jokes about youth yeah. culture rather than it being like old jokes it's more like they actually don't understand it and if they kind of stuck with that idea a little bit it could have been a lot funnier mm. i think some of the really the better stuff was when like when when kristen wiggs character was talking to them and they didn't understand anything yeah, that was well, going her, on yeah, her take on like donatella versace was perfect like that i thought that was done quite well because that that they actually seemed to understand that culture 
culture, that fashion mm. culture, which they skewer so well in the original and and, and and the celebrity culture and all that other stuff that they skewer really well in the original. But this one, they kind of – the jokes about, like, the hotel is called the Hotel Kaka and, like – Everything is is it's all about you know staying in these in, they stay in like the boiler room and then they go to this um disused industrial waste plant for the fashion show and things like that it just kind of doesn't quite get that whole like hipster rustic aesthetic well that's yeah that's exactly it it's sort of it's making fun of something it doesn't understand and mm-hmm. it would be funnier if it kept on about the idea of the older guys not understanding it but then it goes into something else and it doesn't it's i don't know it's just not very funny yeah and there are other things that don't rub me the right way in like ben stiller fridges his movie wife who's also his own real wife i have a distinct feeling that she didn't want to do it ah uh, yeah i'm okay. not sure i feel like i've read it somewhere or something that well, she didn't that want might make sense because it, it seems really i don't think she's interacting anymore oh okay because um, otherwise it sort of seems like he's trading her in for a more famous model yeah i i have i have like, a feeling it's more like she was just not okay. into the idea right. and so she they give her like a really minor sort of part yeah to, do, to um be in this one okay um but yeah i i could be wrong about that so, uh, but I feel like I read that somewhere that she just do- doesn't want to, she's not that into acting anymore. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the fridging is, is weird and gross and I don't like well, that very much. But I think that my, my, the thing that made me most uncomfortable about it was the treatment of the kid. Mm. Um, Derek Jr. is really, really awful. And like, the thing is, you know, I was talking to somebody about it and they were like, yeah, well, at the end of the movie, so his kid in this movie is fat. Hmm. Um, and at the end of the movie, he's, they're like, oh, no, he's not fat. He's plus size. And I'm like, yeah, but plus size is fat. And well, the and point then, is that you should be like, you know, yeah. Oh, and, and right at the end, the when, when, um, Mugachi says something to him, he's, it says something to him. The kid's like, I'm not fat. And like, well, like you're not skinny kid. Well, it's not that, but it, it, yeah, the, th- the thing is they still sort of see fat as an insult. Yeah. Um, and they make all these really awful fat jokes, like putting an apple in his mouth and all this mm. stuff. And I'm like, this kid really is a teenager. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is, a teenager that you're messing around with here but then then at the end of the movie they were like oh he's plus size and he's redefining what it means to you know be in fashion and then like you can't just say fashion the fashion industry should be more accepting after making horrible fat jokes all through right through the movie mm, it yeah. doesn't work it's mean yeah and, and I, I that actually was something that permeated through this movie was a little the jokes were just a little bit meaner and there's particularly around Penelope Cruz's character, the way she's treated is a lot more sexist than any of the women are treated in the first one. Despite mm. the fact that it's a movie about the fashion industry, it actually does a really good job of not objectifying the women who are in it. But she's um, – there's a whole little subplot about how she was a swimsuit model and she never got any further because of her boobs. And then there's this really weird bit where they swim back to Rome using her boobs as a flotation device. No, they – well, not really. <laughs> Um, he just has, he, she makes him grab his, her boobs for better, um, traction rather than a flotation device. And then she just swims really fast. I thought, because I she thought was a swimsuit model. Implying the, um, she says that you have to hold on because it's better grip or something or she like says that. says for safety. So yeah. I just assumed it was flotation. Whatever. It's, it was a weird joke that didn't land very and well. And it doesn't land especially because they're so much older than her and it's icky. But yeah, it is. And, and I see what they're doing because they're like the fashion industry that doesn't much have, older than her. I think she's probably in the same age range as Christine Taylor. Like I don't okay. care different. I didn't know that. But um but the um I what they're trying to do with that is be like, look, really gorgeous women can't be in fashion because um yeah, like because the sizes are so ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't play that way because they're so objectifying of her. And it just um, it's done in a really silly way as well. Like she's wearing this white trench coat, which you can obviously see from the minute you see her anywhere that she's there's almost gonna be nothing underneath because it's such a tiny little coat. Yeah. And then, you know, she's like, Because of these and like rips I just 
I just ripped open my shirt. This is an audio podcast, but she like rips for open her thing, and you see the boobs, and it just doesn't. It, it doesn't land in that sort of way. If they'd, I don't, I don't know how you would land that kind of a joke because it's a good joke to put in there. But again, with the whole other subplot about fat shaming the kid. Well, you know how it would be, how it would be really good is if it did still have um woman from the first Christine Taylor Taylor thank you um if it did still have Christine Taylor in it and she was talking to her about it instead of to men yeah who were, then had boners afterwards right. like it would be, be yeah. a lot better if there were more women in the movie and they talked to each other about these problems yeah because that would play really well I think that would yeah. be really funny if she was talking to to another woman about how it sucks that she couldn't get into fashion because of her boobs and Christine Taylor in the first one you know she had that that whole like um, how she was really frumpy and not pretty. Yeah, and, and she, she well, like, and she actually mentions she, that she was fat when she yeah, was exactly. younger, and she got um, she became bulimic. Yeah, <laughs> which is what, plays off for a really funny joke in the original, actually. Right, which is really which when you then see that up against the way they treat her son in the second in the second one. Oh, it's so nasty. It's like, so mean, and that kid is so sweet too. Like, just, and the joke is, really upset. the joke is not that he's fat because he got his mum's jeans. The joke is that he's fat because Mugatu's been sending him extra food. Yeah, that was also and really it was stupid weird. because, like, well, firstly, that's not how weight works. Like, there are people who are naturally fat and there are people who are naturally skinny and that's, there's a whole spectrum and, there are pe- you know, they, sometimes they eat exactly the same amount of food and they're still fat. Like, But it's also, like, it was, like, the worst thing I can do to you is to make your son fat. Yeah. That's the worst punishment that I can give you, which is so mean. It's so mean. Um, But, I mean, I did laugh sometimes in this, but I think the thing that I really missed the most about it was that kind of absurdist, like, weird humour. Mm-hmm. So the stuff that was kind of absurdist, absurdist and weird in this one was my favourite stuff, mm-hmm. like uh, Owen, Wilson, Owen Wilson's orgy yes. with Kiefer Sutherland yes. being... Um, being pregnant with his yeah. baby was really funny to me. Um, there was this ad in this one that was like this Apple oh, Vitae ad where he was like a, a centaur cat, where Zoolander was a centaur cow thing. Yep. And he was milked by, I think, Naomi, Naomi Campbell. Campbell. Yeah. That was really yeah, funny. Yeah, that was really funny. And, but then there are other things like, and Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yes, just randomly shows up and ends the movie. Um, uh, but there's also, there's a car scene where he's driving through Rome with his son and he has this enormous accident because he's using a selfie stick and that does not land anywhere near as well as the um, gasoline fight from the well, first one. Well, because the free gasoline fight accident they died in. Yeah. So, like, it was funny because it was so sudden and dark and, and weird. Absurd. Yeah, whereas this one, the, the car flips, like, a thousand times. There's no there's no roof on it, but they come out completely unscathed from this accident. Yeah. And it, it just doesn't land because there's, there's no consequence to it. Right. They, they went to the Fast and the Furious school of how to survive car accidents. Right. Um. But yeah, it's it's not yeah that's not funny. Like the absurd humor works better when there are consequences, but it's just like it's so off the wall and strange, and you don't know that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the other the other way that worked was um in the first one. There's this really funny bit where with David Duchovny in it. Oh God, so good, especially having had gone back to the X Files recently. Oh my gosh, it's wonderful. But that bit is so funny because it, um he actually like uh this is a good example of you know how we sometimes talk about like how casts are all in on something and they're in on the joke. And, mm-hmm. and everybody likes each other and gets along well and so it kind of brings the movie to life. Yep. Um, in that scene, Ben Stiller forgot his line. Mm. So what happens is he says, why male models? And then David Duchovny does a whole spiel about why it's male models yep. and like his whole conspiracy theory thing from the X-Files. And then Ben Stiller at the end of it goes... 
but why male models? Because he'd forgotten yeah. the next line. And David Duchovny just stays in character and goes, but I just told you that. Are you really that stupid? And that's that joke they try to recreate in the new one mm-hmm. um, about how stupid he is. Yeah. And it's not as funny as the first time because it doesn't feel as real because it was real. <laughs> yeah. But, like, there are a few other things in this one where he there are some things that he does that are really stupid that are pretty funny. Right. And I still got heaps of laughs out of this. Like, I, I still had a good time going to it. Much, much, I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would. I just, it really lacked a lot of heart. It actually also lacked, the Christine Taylor character was quite good in the original because she was an outsider as well. She was really, she was your everyman, completely disconnected well, I think from that's the modeling what, I think that's business. what the son was supposed to be in Yeah. Uh, but they don't make the son into a person. No. He's just a landing board for jokes. Mm. It's not, he's not a real character no and and he just there's so there isn't that same opportunity where she will come in and ask you know really obvious normal person questions that kind of then lead to really funny conversations or yeah. just kind of show up some character stuff there were a thing like the prison break scene is also hilarious because mm, yes. he's so dumb yeah and that's really that was that well, yeah really him and um, him and will ferrell working together that worked, yes exactly really well. i think i think there's also there was a lack of connection between ben stiller and owen wilson in this movie that mm. i felt anyway um like, you kind of wanted them to go further with the whole bromance angle of it, and they didn't go far enough I, for me. Mm. But, you know, I like that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, well, and again, movies have changed a lot in the 15 years since the last one came out, and that that's much more what would happen now. They would really go for that angle a lot well, more. Well, you know, 22 Jump Street, stuff like that. Mm. 21 and 22 Jump Street and that sort of thing. Um, no, but even in the first one, I, f- I just felt it more. Um, but also, uh, I was really annoyed because there's a there's a kissing scene at the end of the movie between Ben Stiller and Penelope Cruz, and then it's mirrored by the orgy and yep. Owen Wilson, but Kiefer Sutherland and Owen Wilson don't kiss. What's the point? I know. Sadness. Um, uh, yeah, I Sting think- was really funny in the movie. Too. Yeah. He seemed to be having a blast. He did. Um, I was so, I was confused there for a second because I was like, no, it's David Bowie. And I'm like, no, that's the first movie. And yeah, he, yeah, he, he moderates the walk-off. Walk I know. Um, and I, I get those two mixed up. I know they're not the same person, but anyway. Not even like a little bit. I know. I don't know why, but both skinny blonde Englishmen, I, I guess. Anyway, but. The, the, well, that, on all those, um, all the phone calls with the, um, police lyrics and stuff like that, again, made to play to the yeah. older part of the audience because I only got about a third of those. But, um, again, a, that's a dad joke that actually worked through the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, that worked well. I mean, there was dozens and dozens of cameos, almost more than the first time. I also liked, I really liked the, uh, Justin Bieber joke. Yeah, that was well done. Um, I, not yeah. the, not the actual scene. The joke at the end where he says you really need me, me to give you a reason why I wanted to kill Justin Bieber, that was funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, I the scene itself was a little overdone. Well, yeah, because it sort of smacks of Bieber trying to rehabilitate himself and like rehabil- and go, oh, yeah, I have a good I have a good sense of humour about my reputation. And yeah, yeah it just... Mm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know what Bieber can do to win me over, but he hasn't done it yet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's... You feel like, I, I don't know, I feel like it, it just doesn't quite, and, and there wasn't enough script for them to make this movie. I think they just sort of thought they'd get to set and it'd work itself out and it didn't happen. No, uh, I don't think, because the first one came out of like, it did come out of a sketch, I think, that Ben Probably. Stiller had worked on. Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah, and then, you know, they got, he got a bunch of his friends together and made a movie. You've got to admire Ben Stiller, by the way. He just 
kind of goes out there. If he wants to do something, he just goes out there, gets the rights, directs it himself, and puts himself in it and does it. Yeah, his he has the it. privilege to be able to do that. But yeah, he does do that. Right, but he's been doing it since Reality Bites. Like, that's yeah. how he, he started out directing stuff that he That's a great movie. movie. Josh, yeah. that's a good movie. I know. So we should really should do the 90s teen movie <laughs> series that we've been Reality Bites about. is not a 90s teen movie. It's a 1990s, early 20s movie that is like the ultimate sort of Generation right. X movie. But Yes, but movie. I watched it as a teenager, which... Yeah. Of course, makes me not the right generation for it, but it to me it's well, a nice see, we aren't, movie. I don't think I fit into that generation. I just don't mm. think I fit into it. I, I think, think I fit into I the other reality generation bites more. Is, is Ben Stiller's first movie as a director? I think I think that's the first one. But, but it's yeah, he's so cute, and he's he's directed like most of the major movies that you think of as being Ben Stiller movies. He's directed him himself in which is kind, you kind of got to admire that sort of yeah um way of getting work yeah like obviously there's lots of privilege involved there mean both of his parents were actors and he's in the business in the business for years and all that sort of thing but so he was able to like get movies made but and there's not a lot of non-white people in zoolander 2 no and you todd's back he was my favorite i think right he was great the he appears not to have aged a day since yeah, 2001 that. but he also he doesn't speak any lines i don't think and yet he's like funnier than half the people who do mm. just in his really big overreaction shots I think more than anything, the kind of humor that I really liked from the first one is missing from this. Like, yeah. it's just those jokes that, that make me laugh really hard are, like, slightly weird and slightly... It's got more of an edge to it yeah, this time harder. around. It's much... Derek is a lot less... Um, in the first one, he's dumb and he says stupid things and... But then he's never... Him. Yeah, he's never mean. He's always got a good heart, even though he would... Like, the the guy who sits there and, like, falls in love with Matilda when she tells him about her stories about being fat and getting bulimia and being sick and all this stuff is not, does, to me, doesn't seem like the same guy who would be, like, falling over himself with disappointment when he finds out that his son is fat. Like, it just doesn't seem like it's the same person. No, I don't. I think he would be because I that's, think he would be disappointed. I think that's more of the fashion right. industry. I, don't, I think he thing. would be disappointed. I don't think he'd quite react in the same way. That he did, I just it didn't quite. He just. Oh God, the northern reaches of New Jersey. Yeah, I just suddenly remembered that joke. That cracked me up. Yes. More of that sort of thing would have cracked and, me up because that's from the first one as well. Like, is it? Uh, yeah, in the first one, they go somewhere and it's like southern New Jersey. Um, and it's it's the coal mining country, southern ah, New Jersey. Ah, right, that's yep. right. I remember. Yeah, that, yeah. that, that was so him. funny when yeah. it's just like this wintry tundra like land, and mm. then it's like the northern reaches of New Jersey. <laughs> it's so funny. And um, well, in, and um, Miami. Discovered uh, Miami or something, or something like that, which is where Owen Wilson is hiding out in the yeah. desert with his with his orgy. <laughs> yeah, that stuff. That see, that is that. Yeah, that's the kind of humor that I liked from that movie. Mm. That's why I liked Zoolander so much. I think there's. I mean, there's a plot, but it's not really that important. No, um, I mean, it's not really important to either of the films, basically. No, and they're both like ludicrous and funny and silly, but yeah, they're not really that important. Um, I just miss all of the really. Oh, I did. I also liked the uh, the uh, different places that Zoolander worked in the second one. Mm -hmm. All the bathhouses and stuff mm -hmm. made me laugh. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that there's just not as many jokes that land and they don't land as well. Like, that, none of them are as funny to me as I can't turn left, which, like, I, I think the first time I watched that, I was, like, on the floor crying and at the idea. And somebody... back to that joke, which is, like, the most famous joke. Well, I don't know if it's the most famous. There are other famous jokes from it. Um, like, like the Black Lung. Huh? Like the Black Lung. Well, the Black Lung. But, no, the, I'm thinking of the Merman joke, which they called yeah. back to with the Aquavitae ad. Yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, Owen Wilson being able to, like, 
lift his legs up behind his head and things like yeah. that. That that um Aquavita ad though, that was just perfectly spot on. Like it was supposed to be from 1995 and it was so spot on from that era too. <laughs> yes, but also so ridiculous. Yeah. That there's no Perfect. way that you, yeah. That there's was no a, way anybody would ever make that ad, but right, it's really but funny. That, that, but that would have made like a wonderful sketch, comedy sketch, that thing. Yeah. Like in, in and of itself, you're doing like some kind of parody of the 90s. Perfect. That would have fit right in. Yeah. I don't feel like Owen Wilson got enough to do either. Yeah. I mean, that there is that. That's the thing. Like, in the first one, the both of them, like, they start off being rivals and hating one another and they've got to come together to sort things out. And there isn't that sort of same journey for the characters. They're just, like, two old friends getting back together. There's well, no, no at first they there kind of dislike each other for five minutes, which yeah. plays, plays into one joke that is very funny because everybody's experienced it, which is that I'm never going to see you again and then they have to get on the little conveyor belt together. Yeah, yeah. Which was funny for two seconds, but you know, I think they actually, you know how I talk about sometimes they hold the joke for too long these days and yep. it, it gets awkward. Mm-hmm. I think that would have benefited from actually being held much longer. Right. Like go for that for a full 30 seconds until right. the audience is like awkward laughing because that's what you feel like when you have to do that. Mm. I think they do that's hold the perfect time to for do a bit that. though. I mean, then, cause then they have to get into the taxi together and they, yeah, but, but yeah. that, by that stage, they've already. It's it's not quite the same level of like that for initial still, awkwardness. There isn't I think really a journey for his character in the same way as there was in the first one. No, he's got to accept responsibility, which yeah. so did Zoolander. So who cares? Well, th- yeah, that's his. Yeah. Um, whereas the first one was all about Zoolander. What was it like? It's a mentoring candidate. He basically. Yeah, but yeah. he also has to f- have faith in himself. And yeah, like that. and that's it. Yeah, yeah, and he does in the second one, I guess, a bit too. That he has to rediscover the fire in his face. <laughs> um. And I've got the fire in my face made me laugh. Mm. That was a funny line, but none of them were. I just, Mm. it's so, and also like, I don't feel like the aesthetic of the movie is actually what the fashion industry is like now. That's the other thing. It's very, it was very like kind of neon and like. Um, Well, this is, this I think comes back to what we were talking about. They're not really understanding what hipsters are like. And also it's not as sharp a satire as the first one was because they really do seem to like not be moving in the same world. Even though this one has like all of these designers who all of whom, apart from Mark Jacobs, can't deliver a line to save themselves. Oh no, they're so bad at it. It's so funny. Oh God. Mark Jacobs and Tommy Hilfiger are actually not too bad. Anna Winter, I thought, did a good job. Anna Winter was, yeah. But she was more funny because, I, I don't know, I think she was just funny because she was like, she's somebody who wouldn't play into that. And she plays into it, which kind of works in her advantage. Yeah. Um, but I thought she was kind of. But like Valentino, who literally oh, so movie's face. <laughs> that was very funny. <laughs> he would have fitted right in with, um, with Kristen Wiggs. Um, yeah, but there were people in the first one who couldn't act. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. And then, and, and a lot of them were the celebrity cameos, which were amazing. It was really funny, actually, in the first one. Victoria Beckham has a cameo, and like, she wasn't a fashion designer then. She was, you know, a spice girl. And it's re- it was really interesting to see no, that. No, but she was already into the fashion yeah, yeah. world. But it was, that was cool to see. But, um, yeah. My <laughs> total exposure to the fashion world, by the way, is like, Darren Chris sometimes goes to events and I see him at photos and things. Um, yeah. that's, and, and sometimes people on my blog reblog fashion things. Oh, oh Tumblr yeah. reblog well, fashion I things. Seeing- and I, I skip past them to see other right. things because I, I, I have so little interest in fashion. Right. I don't know very much about fashion either, although I do like Marc Jacobs' handbags. And when he was designing for Louis Vuitton, he used to, he's a designer that ladies with curves can wear. Ladies like <laughs> like um, Penelope Cruz. I sort of know the names of people as they skim past me, um, but I didn't recognize any of the I designers would, I would until they any. said their names. Other I than would. Anna Winter, I wouldn't have picked any oh, no, of the I actually, I actually do know what Tommy Hilfiger looks like, but I think he was in something else. Right. 
I wouldn't have picked him out of a lineup. Um, but he, he was, he could at least deliver a line, you know, with some level of convincingness. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was, yeah. <laughs> they, they were on a sliding scale. Yeah. But which, and, and like that ending, you know, with the chanting and the, um, sacrifice room and the lava and all that kind of stuff. Like, if you're going to have a cabal of fashion designers, that's the place to do it. Adam and Eve and Steve made me laugh. Oh, too, yes. Because of the Adam and Steve that joke was a that great was inherent joke. in it. The Adam and Eve and Steve joke was an excellent joke. I feel like they kind of, they, the one thing they did do, which is very popular these days, is that kind of, um, what's it called? Uh, the gay teasing thing. It's not called that. Oh, um, queer baiting. Queer baiting. They did some queer baiting in it as well, which was like, because there was a lot of implication of a lot more mm. um, sort of gay stuff well, in the past and the present. And, yeah, and, and Hansel and Kiefer Sutherland, yeah. Well, yeah, and, but that was in the first one too, actually. Um, Hansel has yeah. always been, like, not into just being with one person. sexuality, yeah. Um, which actually, because the ball and chain joke worked really well. Mm. When he goes, it's a ball and chain, and you're like, oh, that's gross and sexist, and then he gets back and it's the whole group of people that mm. are, like, a whole bunch of different, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was funny. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it is kind of interesting. I would have been more interested to see them actually explore the dynamics of the uh, polyamorous relationship that he found himself in. Mm. That would have been really, like, because it's much more interesting than the boring relationship that Zoolander's going through. So, yeah. You know. or, or him, and it, and it seems so unlike him to waste time wondering whether Earl's character had, you know, what yeah, genitalia exactly. they had. Well, no, but the thing is, like, Hansel was sort of reduced to, like, translating for Derek a lot in the movie. Yeah. Like, he was his sidekick much more than an equal person in the, mm-hmm. oh, my God, the first one had that great joke with the the um 2001 joke is so funny. Oh, with the computer, yeah. Oh, the orange apple That's so funny. Mm-hmm. Well, the files are in the computer. And yeah. <laughs> he drops it and it breaks everywhere. <laughs> See, that is funny, mm-hmm. guys. I don't know. It just seems like they've lost track of what's funny. Yeah. And I guess the, and the funniest joke they could make on that front was that they each had flip phones. So retro. Yeah. Well, I mean, the kind, I liked the idea of the hipster character. Um, that his whole, like, oh my God, that's so ugly and retro. I love it, which is hipster, but he doesn't, he isn't, (laughs) but he isn't a hipster. Like the, the, he, he's a surfer dude. Yeah. Right? Like his whole, his, his look is all wrong and his, Vocal ticks are all wrong and like. Well, the- actually, what he reminded me of was like the, was like he, he was running a startup. Like, you know, um, someone who's r- running a tech startup who's just got like several billion dollars in venture capital funding. That's, yep. that's the type of person he was reminding me of. But rather that's not than what he, he was supposed to be a hipster. Like that, that's what they called him in the movie. Yeah. They said he killed the hipster. Right. So like, but I he was more like a, cool tech guy than yes. a hipster. Well, no, he, I mean, he, he seemed more like Justin Timberlake in Social Network or something. Um, a cool young startup yeah. guy but who's just got a whole heap of venture capital funding. Right. When you said that, that was why I thought of that. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, yeah that, that, that doesn't that's, fit for the character that they were trying to make no. him into. No, you, um, you, you, you feel you can, like the actor's really trying to sell that. And mm-hmm. I was like, who is that actor? Because I can feel him really trying to make that work. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't remember who he was. And either. he just didn't make me laugh. Um, and he was trying so hard too, and he kind of like, he, he was just like, um, machine gunning out those words yeah. and like really trying to sell that bit, and it just didn't work. And, and well, cause the, yeah, cause the character, it, he didn't really belong in fashion unless he was like the guy who owned the fashion house or something. But right, he but he was supposed to be the, the designer. designer and, and you're like, he's not designing anything. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't get that idea. At all, especially because his aesthetic was so casual. Right. Like, at, um, at least Kristen Wiig's character, like, she looks like a designer. She's always dressed in something that's completely ridiculous. She comes in dressed as, as lumpy space princess, basically. Right. And But they also don't, they don't, the, the hipster joke, 
Coming back to it. Mm. They don't know what hipsters are about, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. hipsters are about what every generation, you know, they think they're new and cool, but every single generation is about rejecting the values of the previous generation and instilling their own. Right. So hipsters are about rejecting all of the stuff that you have to try and like care about things and look good and, and, yeah, and, and, and rejecting and, like the mass produced and consumerism right. and capitalism. And all yeah. about, and th- but they're also all about like expressing their individuality by fitting into this hipster group and pretending not to care about anything. I yeah. mean, it, it is like, it's, it's you know, it has its flaws, but I don't think they knew what the flaws were. Yeah. I don't think they, yeah, they, they actually more like they were making it, a the kids these time, days joke. The only time they finally got it was right at the guy, when the guy is about to die and he says, I want everybody to know that I actually care about everything very deeply. And that was, and then he dies, right? Right. But that was the, the only time that they actually kind of got it. Up until that point, he wasn't a hipster. No, well, he, he was, he was like a 50 year old dude's interpretation of young people. That's right, what exactly. he was. Which is, is what he was. Yes. Um, and it didn't work. No. But also the Fred Armisen joke does not work. Where he he's like a kid, and they like CGI him. That was weird. That was so weird. Why does that happen? <laughs> yeah. Well, also like if you're gonna do that, like just well, I mean, there's a um just cast among a the kid. What well, or cast a little person like in the orgy? One of the one of the people in Hansel's orgy is a little person. Like no, but he isn't a little person. He's a child. He's he, yeah, I know. <laughs> it took me a while, and then they were like, because he, he says, um, "I've been working her, for her since I was 11. and then he says, "Right, but then why not just cast an actual and young like, person?" But Fred Armisen, you're not 12. No. I know who you are. This is not working. No, he's like 45. Right, and 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 then that that that's a joke about how young everybody is in the industry. Why cast not cast Thomas Brody Sangster? Actual young people, no, even younger than him. Like, no, cast Tony, Thomas Brody Sangster and just have him be like, "I'm 12." It would work great. I'm sure it would. But yeah, like an actual young person. Sorry, that's amuses me yeah the idea of Thomas Brody Sangster walking around like yeah I'm 12 and everybody being like yeah he especially he in a movie like where five now. the only actual young person that you see is like Bieber you know it would be you cast actual young people and then it would be more obvious that yeah yeah it doesn't it doesn't it's so, so out of yeah, touch so with the I, kids these days yes yeah <sighs> anyway, anyway do you want to give it a rating because uh, I think we're done yeah I'm so done um eh, two and a half um I, I give it two stars Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to read our show notes or find old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to read Katie's review of Zoolander 2 or any of the other movies that she watches, you can find that on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. And if you want to find us on social media, we are on Tumblr, tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com, on Twitter at screen underscore queens, and on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye.